0: Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. This is Shang Peng, editor in chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at NBC Sharks and on Twitter at Shang underscore Peng.
1: And I'm Key McNally. I'm uh, on Twitter at halfwall underscore hockey. You can find my work at halfwallhockey.com or at San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, this week on the podcast, uh, Shang and I will be revealing our preseason top 10 San Jose Sharks prospects. It's going to be a very long episode, a very good episode. Uh, headed into the 2023-2024 season. Um, We spent hours, days, watching these prospects and talking to uh, NHL scouts and other league sources about all of these prospects and and some few that we're not going to mention today. Um, So without further ado, let's do this kind of like top 10 countdown style. So we'll do Chang's 10, my 10. Uh, Of course, you've probably seen my full rankings, or if you haven't, uh, my full rankings are at half wallhockey.com, uh, where I go through top 20, as well as some honorable mentions of the Sharks prospects.
0: So, 30 um, but, prospects at all, all written up.
1: <laughs> yep. 30 prospects, 30, maybe 35, um, <laughs> with little blurbs about some of them, not, not full, full breakdowns. But uh, check it all out there if you want to. You probably haven't heard Shang's list yet, and his is kind of vetted with some more sources. So, uh, let's throw it to Shang to start.
0: Well, you better not have heard my, my list yet. Yeah, because I've, I've only uh, shared it with a few people. So, yeah, um, we will get to uh, – we're going to do our top ten, but we will get to sort of uh, honorable mentions or guys that we might have missed a- after our top ten. Um, so I talked with, um, boy, uh, I think five, six, a half dozen uh, NHL scouts or, uh, or league sources about all of these prospects, just to get a, a kind of a, a an idea about you know my my rankings um as opposed to 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 Keegans it's so just kind of uh, yeah uh, uh, we're gonna get into that uh, right now and so anyway, number ten and uh wish we had a, a drum roll a drum roll here but uh, uh <laughs> we gotta work on that add to the yeah, budget we'll next time. Too. <laughs> but uh number 10 uh i have uh, a casper a halton and of course halton in was the shark second round uh, draft pick 2023 big uh finish winger uh with a big shot uh, but i would say that halton in um you know he, he kind of comes up at, at number 10 but uh, he's not um he's not a necessarily a strong number 10 i had mm-hmm. some people telling me that uh uh one scout told me uh, maybe Havlid, uh, Matthias Havlid, the defenseman, uh, instead of uh, Halton in here. It's close for for this scout, uh, but I'm gonna stick with uh, with uh, with Casper uh, uh, right here. And so, anyway, I think uh, King and I we agree on our number ten here.
1: Yeah, that's actually the we've had a we think we have a few that we agree on on this list mm-hmm. actually. Um, but yeah, t- Halton and ten kind of feels right around that range. And I think you're right when you said that there's probably some wiggle room there between like 10 11 12 13 maybe um they're kind of all in the same grouping um i agree i like falson as a, a project in terms of i think the sharks picked him not to be ready to play nhl hockey next year sure um yeah. he's kind of like a farther along project um he's got a great shot like you said he um plays the game kind of like a pseudo power forward slash power sniper kind of game. Um, but just there's a lot of things that I think need to round out with his game um, in terms of his playmaking and and some of his defensive effort stuff that I think is going to take a, a couple of uh, years to really sort out. And we have news on him, too, that he's um, not news news. We announced this a couple weeks ago, but he's coming to North America um, to play in the OHL, uh, which is, I think, a good uh, step for his development instead of being over in the Finnish league. Um, so Yeah, go ahead.
0: So uh yeah, um I think uh I, I think I think what happened, uh he's a guy that you know so young that can definitely see that um you know he has a good year. He could, he can he can you know fly up this list, you know. And so um you mentioned uh, we talked about this on this podcast that uh, Halton didn't exactly uh, blow the doors open at the recent uh, World uh, Junior Summer Showcase, but mm-hmm. it's just one tournament, and so you know we'll we'll see. But uh, there's definitely things to like about his talent level, which obviously a uh, reason why he got picked in the second round and reason why a lot of scouts uh, do like him. Uh, moving on to number nine, my number nine, and uh, this might uh, be controversial, and I did get a lot of pushback on this. But at number nine, I have Thomas Bordo. And Bordalo, as recently as last year, actually last year at this time, he probably was the Sharks' number two prospect after William yeah. Eklund And so this tells you uh, one uh, that uh, the Sharks' uh, prospect pool has uh, deepened quite a bit. And it and it has, you know, a lot of these the, a lot of these guys in my top ten and Keegan's top ten are guys that were added in the in the last uh, in the last year. Um, but also too, though, uh, that Bordalo, even though he was an AHL All Star last year um there are a lot of questions about his overall game um things with um his uh body language his defensive effort his attitude uh those are questions that we didn't really talk about two years ago because um there well the Sharks didn't have a lot of prospects a couple of years ago but i think also too um you know that that was in the the last uh vestiges of the doug wilson slash joe will era and maybe Borolo got kind of the kind of the, you know, he, 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 he got, he got in those games right at the end of the season, got a lot of people excited. And there was reason to be excited from his cup of coffee from 2021, 22, but um, I don't know if his game has grown enough since then though. He hasn't taken that next, next kind of step. But anyway, a couple of things that I've heard from scouts. Um, and again, yeah, I got some pushback on putting Borleau, uh so low and, um, I will say that uh, Bortolo, um if Bordello hits or if Bortolo takes a big leap this year, I and I'm talking about like you know the mental space, the defensive commitment things things that are very controllable. Yeah. If he takes a big step there, then like he he's he's right back up there in like the top five discussion. Um, so the talent is there. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, one uh, one scout told me that uh, he definitely have borderlow ahead of uh, Gushin and Lun, so that tells you kind of who I have ahead of him. And uh, <laughs> another another scout said, yeah, I definitely have borderlow a couple spots higher than 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 nine here. Uh, mm-hmm. However, uh, another scout said. Uh, had uh, actually because I asked them in general about uh, smallest sharks forwards right and Gushen and Tristan Robbins and Bordalo all share the sort of the uh, the size thing but also they were all drafted in the same uh, in the same draft the 2020 draft and um, he actually had of the smallest sharks uh, uh, forwards center wingers he had Gushen and Robbins ahead of Bordalo on his own list uh but he 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 reminded and i just said it that borrolo has a higher ceiling than all these players but also he has a low floor too and so could you know it's really a, a big year for 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 thomas this year i think and it's uh you know it, it, it there's a little bit of a uh, a hit or miss boom or bust kind of kind of uh, potential uh, uh with them and um so yeah so i i so i i, I really like uh, I'll, I'll close up with this. I really like uh Bordolo's talent. I always have. I think I've been uh pretty uh pretty strong about that over the last uh, couple a couple of years. Uh but then you hear the other stuff that you know, not to say that like just using Gushen as an example, right? Gushin's not a perfect defensive player by by any means. Um sure. yeah, no one no one no one is saying that. You know, Gushin's never gonna win a Selkie, you know, if if he mm-hmm. hits but um there aren't any there aren't really any too many questions though that I hear about Gushin's you know kind of compete and attitude and and and, and that and that sort of thing, you know? And so um so as much as I like Bortolo's talent, and if you ask me on a pure talent level, I, he has more talent than Gushin, I I, I think. Um But uh, yeah, you know, there's there's that kind of the the mental stuff, you know, Bordolo is Kind at least last year, I think maybe he got in his own way, I guess. I guess that's a way way to put it. He got in his own own way last year. And if he can get out of his own way, then he's I think going to have a productive NHL career. And if he can't, then yeah, that's well, that's 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 why he's sort of uh um uh a falling on on my list and other list. And so anyway, uh Keegan, uh who do you got at number nine?
1: Yeah, and and I'll have a lot of stuff to say about Bordeaux too. Yes, yeah, so you have uh,
0: Bordeaux a little higher, so but <laughs> a little bit higher. Um,
1: <laughs> I even got pushback for where I had him. So you at nine is, <laughs> it's it's um, you might get a lot of hate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, at nine, I think uh, so. At nine, I've got uh, Matthias Havlid, mm. um, which I've watched a lot of Havlid, and I think sharks have a, a few prospects that are kind of similar to him. Um, but I think he might be one of the surer, surer defensemen that the Sharks have outside of a few guys that we'll talk about in a minute. Right. Um, right. But he, he's an interesting player. So he's going to go back to Sweden with B-Stat um, and play on uh, uh, Lin Choping. He's steadily moving up the lineup there. He uh, got drafted last year in the second round by the Sharks in 2022. Then um, he was injured uh, to start the year last year in Sweden. Uh, so he started off a little slow. Once he got like his his feet under him a little bit, he started to do a little bit more on the ice. And and obviously his the hallmark of his game is he has like a a very fantastic point shot. Mm -hmm. He's got a good wrister. He's got a good one timer, and he kind of uses that to uh, produce offense in the SHL. Um, But he uh, he's a little bit shorter, and that's always been the knock on him. He's like five foot ten, five foot eleven or so, Um, and it's it's hard for those kind of guys that don't have like all-world talent to, to really pop at the NHL level offensively. Um, sometimes these guys end up just being really, really, really good AHL defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Havla just has a very well-rounded game, even though he is a little bit shorter, that I, I like him in at this, like, number nine slot. Um, and, and obviously his improvement, too, is, is what I really like about his, his um, projection, is that he didn't really fizzle out when he moved up because he was playing, like, the J20 level, um, in his draft year and then moved immediately into the shl and he looked fine like he you know held pace as like a 19 year old defenseman coming off an injury so I, I like his projection and he's played well at all the international games that i've watched him into um so I, I like him here but i could see where he could maybe be in this like middle ground of nine to 13 or so.
0: Right, right. Well, I'd say for myself that like he would have been if I had a number eleven, uh, he would have been it. And um, I mentioned uh, a one scout said that he'd have Haviland instead of Halton in that ten. And <laughs> I had another scout uh, that told me that he had Haviland, uh, definitely in the top ten and ahead of my number eight. And wow. so people people like him, and so I might be a little lower on him on on my list than I sh- than I should be. But like you said, though, I think that or talking about the maybe seven through, uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, I wouldn't say 13, but maybe the seven through 11, seven, yep. through 12, uh, that, that you can kind of, um, you can kind of, uh, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, uh, I, I, you know, maybe, you know, of this, of this group of prospects. And so I'm also teasing to that our number six, uh, my number six at least is lower on some lists that I've seen, but, um, other people and myself uh like him quite a bit so anyway we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to number six when we get there though but uh, let's go on to our, our our number eight I mentioned that uh this number eight that a scout that I spoke with would put Havlid uh, over him but uh, uh for me my number eight is the Neo Gushin and mm-hmm. um Gushin uh um Again, yeah, that's a little bit of a, of a spicy take, uh, like you had uh, maybe having him ahead of Bordolo. But uh, I like uh, Gushin's uh, compete. Um, I like you know I like his overall. Obviously, he's a small guy, but there's never uh, really an overall question about his about his compete, about his attitude, and and all that sort of thing. You know, so I think that uh, mentally, you know, he's in the kind of seems like he's in the right place to kind of maximize his any show career, and um, so uh whereas though the the scout i talked to uh talked to that wasn't as fond of Gushen, his quote is i'm not confident in Gushen's future at all <laughs> so, oh boy. but that's a fair point again though you yeah. know this this tier of prospect like again i think seven through through 12 like if you get a a, a couple of them to pan out then then you're doing well you're not going to get seven through 12 on 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 this list on our list uh they're not all not all of them are going to work out and be good NHL players Mm -hmm. and uh, like I said I will I will say this again that like I do like Bordolo's overall talent package more than Gushin's um if if Bordolo hits he should be a better player than Gushin but I feel a little bit uh safer maybe with 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 Gushin I guess so um so that's why I have Gushin a little bit a little bit higher than uh than Bordolo so anyway who you got in the break
1: spicy take there uh, <laughs> uh i think uh so my number eight uh i think this is interesting because the bordalo gushin discussion i think is where we're headed with this and my number eight sure. is um, is thomas Bordalo, um <laughs> which you have at number nine and ahead of gushin uh, or behind gushin i should say um i also have him behind gushin i'll reveal that in a minute but Bordalo is interesting because you're right i think he last year he was probably number two in the shark system uh after his um especially after he came over and put up like five points in eight games in the nhl last year um
0: his his high level of like like when he is on like at his best he is definitely nhl caliber skill
1: yeah right i don't i think we saw
0: that but like
1: Yeah, my issue with him is is just where he places into a lineup with the things that you've mentioned, right? With the defensive effort issues, with the defensive coverage issues. Like my biggest thing with him has always been his positioning on the ice defensively is just poor. Like he doesn't really recognize where he needs to be to, um, like, stop. You know, any kind of transition plays. Really, not any. I shouldn't say any, but like he, his positioning is just not what I've come to see from a lot of good defensive forwards. And, um, so if he doesn't have good positioning, a lot of coaches will deflect to putting him on the wing, but Bordelow doesn't play well on the wing. That's kind of the biggest thing is he doesn't have the forechecking effort or like the overall mindset to really grind out pucks on the wall and get him to the center of the ice. He plays better on the center of the ice. Like he's a good playmaker. He's got great skill. So it's hard for a coach to be like, okay, I'm going to put this guy in as my X center third line, fourth line center when he knows that like defensively it's going to be a little bit lax, when those are the lines that are supposed to cover um, defensively very well.
0: Right, right. He he might be a classic case where he's obviously talented offensively, but Mm -hmm. he's not talented enough that that can carry him. like Just that, without the other stuff. And that's the other stuff that, yeah.
1: His natural position is center, that's where he's stuck. He can't play on the wings and be like your top six winger, um, because he's just that's not his position and and you're right he's not a talented enough i think to be a top six center as of now obviously things change yeah and on just of the
0: offensive side yeah
1: but just on offensively i don't think he is so he's kind of this middle ground um where again he has this higher ceiling but low floor if he doesn't hit um or change the way that he kind of plays the game right now and it, his season was also very up and down like he started off pretty hot and he shot a lot more than he's used to like he was you know putting in goals for the barracuda left and right but um then he kind of like cooled off after he got named to the hl all-star game which was awesome uh his nhl tape was not very good when he came over uh for the eight games at the end of the year this year so i don't know i'm, I'm just a little bit lower on border low than i have been in the past and um, i think you're right to kind of slot him down especially with how many prospects the sharks added in the past year all right, who's your, um, what are we on, eight, seven? Uh, no, seven. Seven, <laughs> yes. Who's your seven, Chang?
0: At uh, number seven, I have uh, Cam Lunn. And, um, you know, Cam, a uh, second round pick uh, uh, last year, um, uh, had a pretty good overall year. And I think that the Sharks were very happy with him. I think that um, I did a, I've done rankings, uh, recent ones where he was, you know, kind of at the back end of the top five um i think though that um you know the road junior summer showcase uh, or just that area you know also just that road juniors uh, training camp i don't know if he uh he, he, he flashed as much as you hope also going back to the uh, development camp and a prospect scrimmage and of course keegan talked about uh, Lund's, uh performance uh, uh there at the uh, real junior summer showcase a couple weeks ago on our podcast but anyway though um got some uh, very interesting though information about lun uh, uh from a scout and this is all just reading off of uh, verbatim now um so uh Lund took a step back at Northeastern uh this year in this uh, scout's opinion. Uh, actually the, the scout might have him behind Gushin and Bordolo, which is uh, uh certainly a uh, uh, um, you know, I think Keegan, you had him behind. <laughs> so we yeah, talked about, about him a second. But it, yeah. um but anyway though, uh he, but he uh this scout though didn't uh, blame uh necessarily put it all on Lund though. Um he said that uh, Lund is in a tough spot because the Northeastern uh, head coach is uh, calls him a tough dude. He's not bad, but just wants guys to play a certain way. And he cited Coangelo with the Ducks as also struggling to play for this coach. And, you know, this coach, you know, these are all things that you've heard before. And um, the coach wants two way, 200 foot commitment, uh, you know, maybe call it low risk hockey, um, less freelancing and individualism. And so that makes sense that a guy like Lund that is sort of the, when you look at him, you know, off the bus, he's one of those guys off that bus that looks like, like maybe like a Halton and two that mm-hmm. they, they, they should be dominating uh, out there. And, you know, they've got the size, you know, uh, Lund can skate, Lund can shoot, you know? And so, so when, when you see him not make, quite the impact that you expect, be it at development camp or at uh, the World Junior Summer Showcase, then you wonder, you know, well, you know, what's 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 going on a little bit, you know. And so anyway, though, uh, when we talk about Lund and Northeastern, though, like. I think, though, that uh, if things work out, you know, if basically, you know, uh, the trick with a guy like Lund is that is that he learns to play sort of the right way. I mean, it's the same thing with Bordello. Learns to play the right way, but he doesn't lose his his skills. His skills are still apparent. So if you if he blend that, then that that becomes a legitimate angel player, a legitimate you know playoff caliber middle six top six player. And so Lund is of course younger than Bordello, so we give him a little more runway. He's also a little bit bigger, and so that that will help him to uh, just negotiate you know pro hockey and stuff um and so anyway um lund is sort of at a place where yeah maybe a little bit of a step back like this scout says but there is a lot of talent there and if if lund can kind of you know if you can sort of well you know i don't know break is the right word but kind of like break lund's game a little bit but then build him back up into Mm -hmm. a more complete player then you've had then you have a you know a a prospect that's going to be we will be talking about him in, in the top five And so we'll see, you know, so again, another big year, uh, uh, for, uh, for this prospect. Um, but right now though, yeah, I have him at number seven.
1: Yeah. The, um, I'll talk a little bit about Lund. Lund I think was 11 on my list. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so just outside of this, this top 10, um, and him and, and you mentioned Halton and him and Halton are like not comparable, I mean, comparable in some ways, but similar kind of thing, right? They're project players, um, Great size, great shot, and then you kind of try and build out the rest. Lund's yeah. a better skater. Lund's better in transition than Halton, and I think. Um, but Halton does have a better shot than Lund, even though shot Lund's shot is pretty good. Um, but yeah, that that quote about um, his tough time at Northeastern. When I watched him there, it was just kind of up and down. And that whole like like low risk hockey thing. It sounds like ah, oh, it's just a coach having some hockey speak or whatever. But I think that's that's true for Lund. I don't think he's got a very Good like B game, and if you've heard of like A A games and B games, some scouts use that to try and try and like, what's their A game? What's the thing that they make their money on? Is it their playmaking, their shooting, whatever? Um, and then their B game is all the stuff they do when they can't do that thing. Um, do they do anything, or do they suck at doing something, or are they good at doing something? one well, just doesn't really do a whole lot after after his A game. If he's not in the offensive zone, it's you know, and he does have good transition, but he doesn't really. Uh, understand the cycle defensively to get the puck to then transition very well. Um, But if you, you know, that just takes time too. a lot of times the, the prospects that come from USA juniors aren't as well rounded uh, in the beginning. And then when they get through college, like two, three, four years, they really come out as well-rounded hockey players. So I think you're right. A couple more years, if he does round out his game really well, he has all of the other tools to really Hmm. be like in this top, uh, like five, six, seven area yeah. for the, for the Sharks. That's what I'll say on Lund. My number seven, it's not Lund. Uh, my number seven is, I'm probably going to say, probably just my favorite Sharks prospect, just because uh, it's Daniil Gushin. Mm. Uh, so I have Bordalo eight, Gushin at seven. And it kind of goes back to that topic about what is Bordalo as a position player and what is Gushin. Bordalo is a playmaking center at his core. But he's harder to him to slide into a lineup in that, like I said. Gustin is a scoring winger that loves the power play. It's not hard, it's like it's hard to get there into the NHL, but it's a lot easier to get into that position in the NHL than is a playmaking center in the NHL. Sure. So coaches are a little bit more that's his first thing that I have over Bortolo, Is they're a little bit more likely to play Gustin above Bordelot just based on their position. Um, second is that Gustin has a little bit more effort. Well, actually a lot more effort than Bortolo does in the defensive zone. He's not as physically developed as Bortolo. Like Bortolo is a better physical player.
0: Yeah, stronger.
1: Um, stronger are like on the boards, all that. Gushin isn't strong on the boards yet. He's still very tiny. And that's like going to be his thing forever he's very tiny. Um, They're similar like height. I think Bortolo is probably an inch or two taller. Um, but yeah, it's just Gushin. It just has that effort level. He has the positioning. Um, and has the game that i think he's above border in my mind he's also just got a fantastic shot and when he's playing on like his game you can really tell that it's like he's got like a little bit of a twinkle in his eye and a little bit something special that is hard to find like on the sharks prospect lists um aside from your very very top of the lineup guys here so i don't know i love gutian i've watched him for years now and he just he grows his game, like although it's still like highlighted by a fantastic shot and skill and transition and good skating, it just grows. Like he gets a little bit more um, defensively aware. He's getting a little bit stronger on the puck. Um, he's doing a little bit more backchecking than he used to do, and I like it. Uh, so I'm really hoping that he finds a spot in this, probably on the Barracuda, that that gives him all the power play minutes and he really puts up like a point of game season in the HL. I think that's what he needs to prove that he can move up. Sure. But I love Gushin. That's the, <laughs> that's my answer.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so that's our number seven. All right. Um, so we've finished our seven through 10. So I think now it's uh, time to move on to number six. Um, Shang, who do you have for your number six?
0: I have a uh, Henry Thrun at number six and um, uh, one scout, uh, you know, gave Thrun a little more credit because Thrun has shown, you know, has already played angel games and has shown a, a, a degree of competency in, in pro hockey. But he, he said that sort of if we're going to tear this out, that Thrun is kind of in his own tier as opposed to so he's ahead of. Uh, for, I think, uh, a few people that I've talked to, and no one really pushed back on Thrun being this high, uh, but that, you know, he is ahead of the group that we've just talked about, the Bortolo and the Gushins mm-hmm. and the Havlids and and, and that type. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I, I know that uh, there are some projections that maybe he's more bottom pairing um you know I, I I like his game a lot I can see him still uh fitting him you know middle pairing I don't know if he's going to be a, a top sure. pairing defenseman but you know I can see middle pairing uh for him and he's just very very solid um I think uh you're, you're very very sure about about him and his NHL chances and that he's going to be a contributor uh in the coming years just you know question of how how much how good can he be
1: yeah, it um it reminded me of when Ferraro kind of stepped in. They're they're not really similar defensemen, but that whole mm-hmm. like jump out of college and then like hold your own kind of thing in the NHL is, is hard to do. Um and he looks great. I mean, it's only 8 games, right? Anybody if you're on your game, sometimes you can look like an NHL player for 8 sure. games. Um so and Thorne was coming off like you know, pretty heavy reps in the NCAA. He was the captain of Harvard. Um so, he was stepping right into, like, already a competitive environment from a competitive environment. So, it's hard to say exactly if that's going to be his entire future is that he's that steady. But it definitely mm-hmm. was good to show it right away. There was no, like, I'm worried, I'm scared, I'm nervous. It was, you know, I'm just cool as a cucumber kind of thing. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I, I, I like a lot of his, like... Um, Transition passing, I think, is really good. Mm-hmm. There's some questions yep. I think you had as well about his um, like overall foot speed. I think. Yeah, I think everybody's
0: question, question is his feet. Uh, you know, if his feet were better, then he'd be you know top three prospect here or, or, or whatnot. You know, but uh, his feet are probably going to be the limiting factor. It's not his compete it's not his hockey brain um mm-hmm. he has he has skills with the with the puck too like you mentioned uh his first pass um so far he's shown that that's a very reliable first pass and he can make a couple of those highlight reel ones too some nice ones too and so all that seems pretty uh, uh pretty sound and reliable but the feet uh we're not so sure about
1: hmm and Little spoiler alert: Henry Thrun is also number six on my list as well. <laughs> um, I think that's interesting, like in his own tier, because it feels like the prospects that are below him on that list, uh, which we have a lot of the similar ones, um, are could be like middle of the lineup guys if they, everything kind of works out, right? Um, but then Thrun is kind of like feels like he could be in the NHL and maybe into this middle pairing um step into higher roles if necessary. I, well I and think there's a certainty safer, too, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Safer. Yeah. Then uh like a Havlet. havlet could conceivably be a top four guy too, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's harder to see that right now, obviously, because havlet's you know, at least a year away from coming over here.
1: Yeah. And there just feels like a little bit more certainty with run. I mean, I think his his skating needs to improve a little bit. I like his positioning defensively mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but his his skating is is not amazing. But he does match speed pretty well. I mean, yeah, that... it's not terrible. <laughs> it's just needs a little bit of work, I think. And, it, and it's interesting. I don't know what your opinion is, about on. Oh, I guess we talked about a couple weeks ago about him making the Sharks out of camp because we had yeah. so many defenders.
0: That's um, actually uh, about what, what what I was going to uh, talk about to wrap up my thoughts on on mm-hmm. uh, on Henry, that the Sharks definitely do have a log jam of. uh defensemen that are not waiver exempt of course there's a question of if you put the entire let's be honest you put the entire sharks defense on waivers how many of those guys would get picked up uh <laughs> not all of them I, I i i can tell you that so let's you know let's be honest about that but sure, uh yeah. but though uh they do have a lot of guys and there are guys that they may not want to risk for sure uh not that None of them will be picked up. There are guys that that would definitely get picked up. And so uh, they don't want to risk them. And so there could be a little bit of a numbers game where um, my initial projection had uh, Thrun making the team and them uh, waving a guy like maybe Redeem Shimmick or something like that. Right. Um, But. Uh, I actually, uh, I, 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 I did talk to somebody recently. I'll Actually, uh, something that I'm gonna post uh, uh, later today. But by the time this podcast is out, that you guys will see the article that mm-hmm. I talked with one ancho scout, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, 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 Gavanka, he's gonna make it ahead of Thrun." Uh, mm. And part of it is, you know, Gavanka's role as kind of offensive guy, right? The Sharks have nobody like that, and sure. also too, uh, Thrun is the main thing is that he's waiver exempt. I don't think it's. Uh, it's a it's a critique on Thrun's ability at all. It's just that it's a bit of a numbers game you know the sharks have i think uh nine guys or so nine defensemen or so that uh wouldn't they would need to pass through waivers a, a gavanka yeah. included and um a wholetuk also yeah that's another guy that people don't 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 uh forget is not we were sure. exempt this year. So uh so in, in 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 that scenario then yeah maybe thrun uh because of this numbers game uh you know uh goes back down and you expect them to come back up you expect them to excel but you never know though you know guys get sent down you know mental you know uh, men, uh, mental stuff happens and you know they're not you know they 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 kind of lose uh lose a step down there but we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to project I guess the Unless something happens before training camp where they move out a few of these guys, but you've got like McDonald, Simic, Hotik, and Gabanka all not waivers exempt, right? So, right. Like,
0: and besides the 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 standby guys too that uh, mm-hmm. you know Burroughs, Rudd, of Ferraro, Benny, exactly. right so, guys yeah. that you
1: expect are not going to get waived to be signed. Uh, and uh, so,
0: Kanishov. Kanishov is K'nishof. not not waivers exempt either this oh. year too. So yeah, so that's a, a lot, lot, lot of, of guys. dudes.
1: Yeah, there, it seems to be like a top six, seven, and then there's four other dudes. So it's yeah. like, uh, it's it's kind of tough. I, I want Thron to make it, and I feel like based on his season, he should make it. Um, well, but, training
0: camp though, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, the training yeah. camp, yeah. and also would...
1: the Garakuda would have like a world's better defense if they started the year with Thron, Mukhamadulin, rather than like Merkley and Kanisev. Sure, sure. So, yeah, yeah, but so that that'd be interesting at least. Um, but uh yeah you know it might be another one of those things like last year where everybody thought Bortolo would make it but they just ran out of bodies and then he got sent down Mm -hmm. um same kind of thing with with Thrun it might happen again Uh, right but But, uh,
0: I can also very well see Thrun excelling so much at training camp uh -hmm. over his competition that they have to you know uh keep him up so so Yeah. yeah yeah
1: Okay, so that's Henry Thrun, both of our number sixes. Who is your number five? We're getting the top five, which is (laughs) really good, actually, I will say, um, overall that we're going to get into. I think that it's a well-improved top five from last year. It is,
0: it is, it is. Uh, uh, Number five, I have uh, Quentin uh, Musty. Obviously, uh, uh, Quentin uh, uh, made a name for himself at DevCamp in the prospect scrimmage, scored a couple of goals there. Uh, But like we've talked about in the podcast, I think his game is still a little bit uh, one-note, and um i think that he's closer in terms of his tier right and i'm gonna get to it when we talk about our our top four but i don't think musty is quite in that um in that top four top three of sharks prospects in terms of okay this is what we're building around you know musty they just drafted him and very still very much a unknown and so um mm-hmm. obviously you see some of the ceiling so it won't really take a lot you know just a, a you know it, it's not far for him to like break into this this uh this top three or four sharks prospects but right now though i even though you know top five is a convenient number I, for me in my mind if i was i were if i were to kind of tear it out i see you know a top four for the sharks prospects mm-hmm. uh clear top four i think uh, musty and thrun are kind of together musty's ahead of thrun just because of musty's ceiling and then seven through 12 ish, I think kind of all are interchangeable. So that's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, musty was like regarded as like a steal of the draft, which is always fun after you have to, right after the draft, like, you got to, you know, a steal at, uh, 26 overall. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, an interesting thing for the Sharks Cause a lot of times it's felt like, who did we pick at 26 overall? Why are we yeah, doing this? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, we'll that's what about. people said about beasted and that's what people yeah, said exactly. about uh wise blot and so you know yeah. well you know one no. out of the two isn't bad so
1: yeah one of them turned out pretty well which we'll talk about oh, it appears, but, to um, yeah, it appears, appears to be to yeah appears to be for so far but uh, yeah musty felt like a steal and where he fell to just because it, it does feel like he does have a high ceiling um he's got great puck skills he's a great playmaker um he is a big winger as well mm-hmm. when he I'm actually sure. uses his size I think one note is a is a decent way to describe him or just kind of a little inconsistent is, is the way that I would say. He's not um always on that like uh tear that sometimes he gets onto where you, sure, you recognize sure, that he's sure. like the best player on the ice and sometimes he just kind of fades away. Um yeah, yeah. which is a lot of young prospects and oh I mean a love... lot of
0: the guys that we have seven do twelve, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So. And you love to see the the flashes that he has that are that are amazing. So um, he's going to go back to the OHL for next year and, and probably kill it. Like, I imagine he's just going to um, tear up the league. He had a pretty good year last year. He had 78 points in 53 games, which is good. Um, I would, I don't want to project it, but I think he's going to go over 100 points would be my guess. Okay. So we'll see. You know, things change. Things happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if that's the kind of year he has when he goes back to the OHL.
0: So, um, you you expect them to break into sort of the top three, four conversation by the end of the year, then? Maybe. That's, just,
1: that's what you're okay. <laughs> I think. Um, hey, take a possible. stand. All right.
0: <laughs> it take also a stand depends on. And, the, and yeah, get I, I get honestly think it, right?
1: that the top four is, like you said, the tiers. And and also, this is spoiling who my five is. My five yeah, is yeah, also yeah. Quentin Musty. <laughs> it's, it's, getting, <laughs> okay, yeah. it's getting a little bit like back to back here, but my five sure, is also sure. Quentin Musty. But. Um, the top 4 I think is on its own tier and and Quentin and Henry Thrun kind of provide a really good 5 6 that could jump up depending on how well they do next year.
0: Right. right. Um
1: I wouldn't say that even if he puts up 100 points that he would be in my top 4.
0: Okay, it obviously. depends
1: on what the the next guys do. Sure, sure. Um it's just a more of a progression thing for for Musty, but I like him overall. I watched him at the World Junior Summer Showcase. Um he had some good games and some like um, decent, but not doing a whole lot of games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, he did look out of place, which is good because he's playing with mostly all of like the classes that are one or two years above him sure, sure. in that uh, small tournament. So he didn't look out of place uh, for sure. And then obviously we we you know he was heralded as like going to make the Sharks after the uh, prospects group bench where he <laughs> um, looked like he was flying out there. Mm-hmm. You're shaking your head no, so probably not.
0: I mean, again, you know, one note is it's hard to make it in the league uh, as an 18-year-old if you're just good at one thing, kind of, which is, yeah. I guess, with him is just sort of this kind of uh, straight on, like, skating, speed, kind of, like, but that kind of, like, hard-charging game, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a 30-year-old veteran defenseman, you know, uh, not you know, not 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 the greatest defenseman in the world, but a Joel Edmondson is not gonna Yeah, it's gonna knock him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a guy like a guy like that. And so mm-hmm. um yeah, so I, I he definitely needs to add a little more or get stronger and faster. You know, you can get strong enough and fast enough where you can kind of rely on your like one go-to thing, your A game, mm-hmm. like we talked about. Um, but uh he's 18. Yeah, he's he's not, he's not fast enough or strong enough. So
1: mm-hmm. He did have an illness during his draft year too, that kind of um, set him back from like being as consistent as you know he can be. So, mm-hmm. um, be interesting to see him get a full season for next year. Um, okay, number four. Now we're getting into the big four, yep. <laughs> um, which we said is its own tier. Shang you yep. have a number four.
0: Have a uh, uh, Philip uh, uh, Beestead. And uh, B said, you know, we've obviously seen his progression from a pick uh, last year where people are like, uh, this guy, you know, this guy is like a second rounder. You guys uh, trade. Not only did you guys trade back from number 11, but this is the first guy that you pick in the Mike Greer, uh, uh, Greer era. And it looks like uh, it was a it was a great pick by Greer and uh, Doug Wilson Jr., uh, at least so far. Um, I think uh, B said is impressed in every tournament. Uh, any kind of showcase that, that, that he's been a part of uh, since the draft, obviously World Junior Championships and most recently the, uh, the World uh, Junior Summer Showcase. And so anyway, uh, the way that one scout uh, put it to me is that he saw uh, the Sharks' uh, top three, top four prospects uh, as sort of the, the, the core, the future of the Sharks and that you're hoping that these guys hit and then the rest of the guys, Uh, If you get one to three out of them, that's not, that's not bad. You know, hopefully you're hoping for three, obviously, you know, uh, but yeah, but, uh, so, so, so Bstead, I think, um, uh, right now he does track and we'll see, you know, he's going to have a, a larger role more will be expected of him. You know, last year he was the SHL rookie of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe he surprised people a little bit last year. He's not going to surprise anybody this year. And so, um, can he take, uh, another step? Uh, you know, we'll see, but, uh, so far it's looking uh, so good for, for him to be a very, very solid, a middle six center in the NHL.
1: Yep. And my number four is also Philip B stat, but I will say it was really, really close between yep. three and four for me. I went back and forth between who's three and who's four. For yeah, I think this watch. is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um ultimately I landed on B stat just because of like very top of the ceiling kind of thing. Sure. Um I think sure. B stat yeah.
0: me too, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think um I think like you said, B-stat has a of profile of a good middle six center. I think in the NHL, I think that's ultimately what you're looking for is like a second or third line um, center out of him. Um, He's a lot faster this year. I watched um, East at uh, like, I went back and reviewed a lot of his tape. Mm -hmm. They drafted him and I didn't wasn't in love with his acceleration. That was like, it felt like he was getting caught from behind a lot, especially when he would turn out from behind the net, he'd get caught like all the time and um he's kind of really improved it this year like his feet mm-hmm. are a lot better from what i can tell okay. okay um again this is all video work and stuff like right, that right. but i think i feel like his speed has improved especially because he's such a big guy that
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's like six foot three or six foot four whatever he is um he, he looks a little lanky on the ice he's starting to get a little bit more muscle it feels like mm-hmm. and i think that's helping his speed just a touch and um what's always been there about him is that he's just very, very aware of the play. And I've talked about that for beastat a lot is that he has a good uh, awareness for loose pucks. He's got a really good awareness of his positioning on the ice. So we talked about like Bordalo. I feel like his positioning isn't always there. beastat does feel like he's in a very good position to get pucks back and then go the other way with them all the time, mm-hmm. which is what stood out to me when I watched him. Um, and then this year he like stepped into the SHL was their third line center right off the bat and then just never left. He got it mm-hmm. some power play time as well. Um, and he just kept improving. And that's that's honestly, that's why he became like the SHL Rookie of the Year. So he just looked like every month he was getting better, getting more yeah, comfortable, yeah. Um, starting to beat defenders one-on-one. Like his rush patterns would improve monthly. <laughs> like before it was like he'd kind of defer and wait around. And now he's just trying to like get around a man in the neutral zone and, and take off. Um, so I really like b progression. I watched him now, I don't know how many times. And then the World Juniors, World Junior Summer Showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking like an important, probably top six center for Team Sweden at the World Juniors for uh, December. Right, and he already
0: was. The uh, the last World Juniors, he was a top six center. so
1: Exactly. So he's looking like going to be a super important role for them. And I think, um, you know, it's kind of like a, it was a big headline when he went back. Uh, got loaned back to Sweden Mm -hmm. because it's like before training camp. And I wonder, this is not, this is not insider information. It's just something that I'm wondering is that how much of this is based off of what happened with Eklund where they kept him the whole training camp, Mm -hmm. kept him nine games and then sent him back. And it felt like he never got his footing in the SHL when they'd already started in September, essentially with their season. Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder how much of this decision to send East back now had to be related to that.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know if I can speak to that exact point. But I would say though with Eklund though that even though Eklund clearly physically was not angel ready as a eighteen year old, his brain though was you know, he 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 was he was surviving out there as an eighteen year old because he just was that hockey smart. Oh, yeah. you know, I don't know if B said as quite uh that sort of uh high end, you know, maybe elite kind of uh sort of uh, um uh, processing of, of the game mm-hmm. otherwise I, I i think the sharks would would keep him if, if b said could legitimately compete for a uh top nine role on the sharks yeah. um i think that i think they would but i think that at this point though that that's sort of a, still a reach for him uh he still needs to uh you know uh progress but it's good to hear like you said that there's obvious progression that you're seeing
1: yeah absolutely it's um pretty obvious and i don't think anyone actually expected him because um, he played in the u8 or the world junior championship right before he was uh, drafted by the sharks and this was the world under 18s. Mm-hmm. um he put three points up in six games which was it's not amazing like havlet i think had like 10 points in six games that that tournament as a defenseman um and sweden was an absolute like Great team. They had like her. Oh, sure.
0: He was, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: And this was their U18. So these that played like second or third line center on that team. Mm-hmm. And then within six, eight months, he's getting 10 points in seven games in the World Junior Championship. Right. Well,
0: the next, the next real juniors, I mean, I, I think I, I asked people after that World juniors that mm-hmm. of that Swedish group that got drafted uh, ahead of him or around him, like Karamaki, Austin uh, Olgrin, right, and and Bstead. That the people I talked to were like, yeah, uh, we we were wrong on Bstead. Like uh, Bstead would go ahead of the of, of those guys in a, in a redraft. All of those guys, yeah. um, and so that speaks to uh, just sort of his progression, and it's continued since uh, obviously since that uh, real Juniors.
1: Yeah, they took this kind of um, this uh, approach of a pro- project pick at the twenty eighth. Like they knew that he wasn't you know ready, but he had a good frame he had a great uh, like defensive center mind and they were like there's some puck skills there too uh, maybe he develops into it and then he just kind of rocketed off the sure. past year which is which is awesome to see yep, um, you love to see it yeah it, it, you know the other guys like like had a little resurgence towards the end of the year he had a, a down year in the all sven skin and then his playoffs he's done a lot better um same with oslin he well not the same he actually had a good year the whole year um but i think if you asked any scout now, who would you rather take? I think most would still take B stat, or most would mm-hmm. now take B stat. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's awesome. um It was a great pick by the Sharks. I wanted Yuri
0: Kulik at the time,
1: but <laughs> that was just like my own bias. I think in the in the, the draft, and both did. Well, Val
0: Kulik would have been a great pick too. So
1: yeah, both were were right there, and there was a lot of people also clam, clam, uh, clamoring for Brad Lambert. Which well, <laughs> I like Lambert, but I you know I think I'd still have rather have beast stat right now. He seems like he could be an important, you know, role player for the Sharks. And, mm-hmm. and role sounds bad, but like, you know, second. No, third, I nine. mean,
0: you win with you You can win with yeah. guys like him in, in theory. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And this isn't an, a, a amazing comparable because I think, you know, Sean Couturier is like an all star hockey player. But mm-hmm. I feel that similar kind of center is who I see him as. But like, obviously not first line caliber like Couturier is so um anyway a poor,
0: poor man sean couturier so. yeah yeah
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> poor man sean couturier but you know we'll see <laughs> you know it takes a lot for him to make out but i still think he's going to need a few more years especially adjusting to north american ice too sure so because he's only played in swedish um ice pretty much all right so that's top four top three now we're getting down to it mm-hmm. shay who's okay. your top three number or, three, three? Yeah.
0: yeah number three i have uh, shakir uh, muka And um, a couple of interesting things I heard uh, from uh, about uh, Mukamudulin. Some people will find him still. And I think, uh, you know, the reason why I have him up Eastead and you alluded to it is that, you know, if everything comes together with Mukamudulin, that uh he should be a more valuable player than a beast even if everything comes together you know all things being equal uh if everything comes together for both those guys uh, muka Modulin is probably a, a more valuable player but though um b sets floor is probably safer you know muka Modulin we could see at uh, times too you know like he is uh you know, he's, he's, he's this big guy who can skate, but it can be awkward sometimes, too. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's not always the the, the smoothest looking. So um, I had a scout say to me, I will probably have Mukumudula in a couple of spots lower on your list. So, uh, you know, but then I had another scout say to me, actually, I like Mukumudula more than Eklund. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think, I think the, the, re, the reason for this range is because, just because, uh, again, that, uh, you know, Mukma at this point is still not the smoothest looking, uh, player at all times. Um, but again, though you see the different tools and they are, they, you know, they obviously are coming together. You know, had a very good season in the KHL. Um, I think he was good uh, for the Barracuda when he came over the 12 games or so that he played there, and so that combination of uh, length, of skating, of uh, of of size, heights, and he, and surprisingly good uh, puck play, um, mm-hmm. all that combines to if you know if he's able to put everything together, uh, you know we have a guy that uh, top floor uh, uh, easily if it comes together, and maybe might kind of flirt with like a number two defense and maybe you know i know being little a uh, little maybe a bit optimistic there on that but i just thought it was interesting though just that that range of, of sort of uh uh outcomes you know uh that that uh that scouts were kind of or not outcomes but sort of uh rankings where where uh, abu did range
1: yeah yeah uh, it's uh, he's kind of a divisive prospect i guess he's sure. also uh, my number three rig. yeah uh he's my number three as well so now we've got a match for six, five, four and three. <laughs> um, which you know, I think it's, it feels like the, the right tier list for the sharks in terms of how we've got them. Right. But right. Mooka and, and beast that were really hard to rank for me, just because I think there is a lot of risk factor with Mooka and that I don't think there is as much risk with beast I mm-hmm. feel like in some capacity beast that is probably going to make the NHL. I just feel like it based off of what I've seen Mooka and there's times when I'm like, yes, this guy is going to be a top four defender for the sharks. He's, you know, he's got great length. He can cover a lot of ice fairly quickly for somebody his size. He's Mm -hmm. got a great point shot. He competes really hard. He can be physical. Um, But then there's other times you're like, I don't think I've ever seen an NHL player try to make that, that turn like that. Like, I don't think I've ever seen, (laughs) like, sometimes he can be just a little bit awkward on his skates um, and then sometimes he just loses his defensive coverage and can just kind of forget where his man is going. But you know, I think there's still just a lot tiring out with him, and he's been that way ever since he was drafted. The Muka Medulin draft pick was for, for people who follow like the internet drafts, the internet scouts, those kind of guys. Um, which I guess I am one. <laughs> um, <laughs> There was, it was like universally panned that oh, sure, yeah, I remember. Picture yeah. he was. Um, yeah. the guys from like EP and stuff like that were just like, I cannot believe he got drafted here. He's like a third rounder at best. Like, there's so much wrong with his, you know, XYZ, his game. He's so raw. Um, it's been that way ever since he got drafted. it just felt like the last year, and it's good on Greer and company to identify it. He kind of took off. He put up 25 points in 67 games, and the KHL was playing on the, like their like top two lines or so um, looked really good most nights. And um, it, it's not telling, but it feels like they did the team of iron trade, not just for the draft picks, but also because Muka Badulin was in the deal. Oh, sure. And they, and they knew that that's the type of player they were missing in their defensive pipeline.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think they knew it. I don't know this, actually, I think i I do know this uh uh you know they weren't getting uh uh Hughes nemich mm-hmm. uh mercer yeah. those guys those guys weren't weren't on the table there just there wasn't enough competition for meyer to to mm-hmm. force New Jersey to ante up to to that level, but on the next tier of of, of prospects for the devils, Mukumadolan was top of the list uh for the sharks,
1: yeah, and I think a lot of people were expecting to get Alex Holtz because Alex Holtz has connection to William Ackland. yeah um, but they were like. Nope. Holtz's game
0: hasn't hasn't grown like Mukumadulin. You, know, you know, you mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, last year and that 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 that, that growth that Mukumadulin had. If Mukumadulin has one more of those years, then he's gonna, you know, be in the NHL for the next decade or so. And you know, and, yeah. yeah, right. So so you can you can see that whereas Holtz, you know, Holtz obviously was the seventh pick of his draft, but that game his game has not progressed in, in any sort of way like like that. And yeah. uh most you know, you know, I I know that uh, a lot of people saw Holtz and Mukumadoulin in the same day. I don't think they were. I think Mookamadoulan was is ahead on on most people's sort of um, uh, rank, like at least people in the in in the league, mm-hmm. uh, amateur scouts and 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 whatnot. So a lot, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of questions, a lot more questions about Holtz than Mookamadoulan.
1: Yeah, and yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think um, just Mookamadoulan the way that he plays can can match into a role that it's hard for Alex Holtz to, to slot into based on how their games have evolved. Mookumudulin's um, just been much more of a slow burn, I think, because Holtz kind of rocketed off as, like, uh, had really great, you know, draft year and everything. Um, but, yeah, I, I really like the chances for Mookumudulin to really break into the Sharks over the next few years. I do think he needs more time. I think he'll be on the Barracuda for next year um, as, like, getting their probably top power play minutes um, just kind of anchoring that team and really more, you know, helping his adjustment. He did great when he came over 10 points in 12 games, he looked pretty solid other than some kind of like defensive lapses and stuff like that. Um, I thought he looked really solid um, almost every game that I watched. So really excited for him. And and it was hard, like I said, between three and four for me between. Yeah. Yeah.
0: and, and Vista, but but, uh, ultimately- Yeah. To to your point though, uh, yeah, the 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 defense stuff is it's easier to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. What was surprising about Mukmadoulin was that he looked more comfortable with the puck than without it, and that stuff is mm-hmm. harder to teach. And so if you you know can improve you know the 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 skating a little bit, the defense a little bit, then you've really got something.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Is that it, the defenders that look like him typically don't have like the hands like he does, mm-hmm. or you know? The actual puck skills, or the the uh, acceleration and the straightforward speed that he does, so it's it's hard to to miss basically when he's got the puck on his stick, which is great. All right, that's number three. I think two and one people are going to be yeah. unsurprised by it, but and go ahead let, let's,
0: it. Let, let's, let's do our, our two and one together just to, for, uh, uh, to, for a little bit more suspense. So, and anyway, uh, what I have to say about both of them, you know, that's kind of related anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. so, okay. So my number one is, uh, Will Smith, uh, that of course makes number two, uh, Willie Mecklen. So who do, who do, who is your number one?
1: Yeah, number one is is Will Smith, and number two is William McLean. Okay. So <laughs> we have matched our top six, uh, which you know I think it's I think um, I think it's right. But anyway, yeah, yeah. that's Lots okay.
0: That's yeah. okay. But anyway, though, um, so I, I did mention uh one uh, sort of uh. Uh, contrary opinion about Eklund uh, that someone had Mukumadulin ahead of Eklund. Not that this mm-hmm. scout is, doesn't like Eklund, but I think this scout was just kind of seeing stars of Mukumadulin that if it all comes together for for mm-hmm. for Mukumadulin, then like that could be more valuable than a, you know, who some project now in Eklund as a second line-ish uh, winger. Uh, but, uh, and you know, different scouts have, have different opinions. So again, you know, when we talk about uh uh you know, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, there's a consensus. And so you ask five scouts, 10 scouts, uh, something, and they'll all answer the same way. And so you kind of get a sense of that, right? Uh, like, for okay. example, last year, if you asked 10 amateur scouts, uh, who's the number one pick of the draft, probably 10 out of 10 will say Connor Bedard. Uh, you know, maybe if you ask like 50 or 100, then maybe someone will say someone besides Connor Bedard. Um, but if you asked, uh, um, I think, scouts, like, who is the best Sharks prospect? Uh, most will say Smith, but um, someone told me Ecklin, and I think actually, if if you ask enough, maybe you might even get Mukumadulin uh, up there too. Because again, just sort of the ceiling of a, of a Mukumadulin. But anyway, though, so Ecklin over Smith, and so I asked this scout, um, does that mean you don't you don't like Smith? Um, that was my first stop. He said no, no. Uh, 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 he said that uh, Smith is a future top liner uh, for your franchise. That's his belief. But he believes that Eklund can still be a franchise player. And so that is uh, now, you know, when Eklund debuted and also when the Sharks drafted him in 2021, uh, that that was sort of the... um, the group think, right, that he fell, you know, he wasn't supposed to be there for destruction number seven. And then he was able to make his Angel debut. And even though he was kind of physically overmatched, you can see the, uh, mm-hmm. the just, you know, uh, how smart and how brilliant he could be in those nine Angel games he played in the first season. And so there was an assumption that, oh, this guy is going to be in, indeed a franchise elite first line player. And obviously, Eklund went back to the SHL. He really struggled coming, uh, going back to the SHL. Uh, last year, the Barracuda, he was good. But I wouldn't say that necessarily that he, you know, he didn't blow doors off offensively. Um, and so I think that uh, the group think now, and I'm, I'm with it, I'll admit, is sort of camping down expectations for Eklund uh, into more of a second line winger, a really good second line winger. I don't worry about the size. I think he's such a smart player and um, as David Quinn called him an honest player too. So he's going to give you a good defensive effort too. So he's going to give you a good, smart 200 foot effort along Mm -hmm. with a lot of brilliance on the offensive end. And so, uh, so I feel I I like Eklund a lot, um, but you know, do I see him now as a franchise guy? Or, uh, maybe not, and that's where people I think saw him right after the Sharks uh, drafted him seventh, twenty twenty one. So you know, he definitely was—he was, was kind of like the what what Will Smith is now, kind of the the you know the the, the new hot prospect, right? Mm. Uh, you know, uh, and so now you know Willie Eklund was sort of post hype. And uh, post hype, uh, there aren't a lot of guys that 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 think of Eklund, uh as I think a franchise player. But uh, well, here's 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 a scout that that sees that. Uh, so uh, and so the, again, this is and again, this is not taken away from from Smith. And so if the if 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 the scout is right, um, then. You know the sharks. The sharks will, will, will you know, of course, be thrilled by this. You know, having two franchise forwards, right, uh, yeah. uh, drafted uh, within within three years of each other. So, but you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I think that uh, Eckland most nights on the Barracuda was their best forward, outside sure. of maybe Andrew Agazino. But yeah. he's he's like in his own tier because he's just you know he's a thirty year old. Uh, AHL, right, and HL right, that yeah, HL MVP all star
0: type, yeah, yeah, so. he's
1: perfected the game that he plays. So, mo- sometimes it was Agassino, who's the best player, but a lot of times it was Eklund. And, um, you know, the, the Eklund hype train got off, off the rails a little bit, I think, when he got drafted. And then it got, um, you know, his up and down Swedish year afterwards was just a little, uh, it was hard to take at times because it didn't feel like Eklund was playing the game that Eklund likes to play and uh watching it didn't feel correct either it just didn't match and he also just didn't play well as a center and i think we kind of eventually realized that he's not a center <laughs> and they realized it too um he but yeah his year this year i i loved it um i think he had the exact rebound year that he needed i thought he looked good in the nhl too i thought mm-hmm. he wasn't he out of place at all mm-hmm. um you know it was no he
0: looked he looked better than he did the, the first time around because uh, uh you know he obviously added strength and muscle mm-hmm. you know we've talked about that but he used it too he was not a perimeter player he got you know deep into the into the middle of it and um and i think in the future uh, that's what he'll need you know because he's not you know he's not Joe Thornton he's not good enough that he can just stay on the perimeter and and and, and make passes you know make you know, yeah, uh, he's, not, he he's also not big enough that
1: nobody can take right. the puck off him Exactly, exactly.
0: Stuff. You know, he's a great skater in tight. You mm-hmm. know, great edges, and so that that helps yep. him along along the wall. But yeah, he he he's not necessarily going to uh, just make a living off that. But what we saw, we talked about, you know, uh, guys in their A game, and what else they have besides yeah. that. Eklund has a lot of game beyond his sort of. You know, if, we, if you want to count. Uh, what we saw the first time he was in NHL was sort of his A game, that playmaker type, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, making those flashy, you know, spin-a-rama moves, like that's sort of his A game, right? Yeah. Okay, that's great, right? But he's not, you know, not a lot of players are going to survive in NHL, thrive in NHL with just that. But he's added to that. He's clearly yep. added to that. Uh yep, he's and added. So, yeah
1: strength he's added uh defensive responsibility mm-hmm. he's got a he's a great competitor like I mean, he's gonna be a good
0: player yeah he's gonna be a good yeah. player but you know now we're talking about sort of the well is he gonna be a franchise guy is he gonna be a first line guy and yeah. so that's sort of is what he gonna be talking. your
1: like and they're, they're different players entirely but is he gonna be like your Timo Meyer you know absolute first line winger or is he sure. gonna be more like a Gus Nyquist a, you know kind of second line good sure. point producer but not that kind of absolutely first liner, you know? Right. And I right, think right. that's kind of where I land as well, because he's, he's number two on mine, like I said. Mm-hmm. I think after, you know, putting together the D plus one year's draft plus one and this year's draft plus two, put them together, I think second line is where I see his projection at, but I think he's mm-hmm. got a good realistic shot to get there with some, some careful development. I think he makes the team out of camp too, um, just because I think the... You know, they added some skilled wingers, but I think he has got such a well-rounded game that a lot of guys might be missing that they added that sure. I think he's gonna find his way on the sharks, not just because he's a very skilled player, but because he's well rounded.
0: Yeah, he has he has a. he has that B game. And so mm-hmm. yeah, uh he and Thrun, uh they're not exactly the same type of prospect, but I, I think even though there's the the numbers game is sort of Suggesting that they might, they may, they may not uh, break camp with the Sharks, but of course, though uh, injuries can happen, so you know that players, you know, uh, uh, rosters don't stay entirely healthy, uh, of Mm -hmm. course, throughout all training camp. So that 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 should help those guys, but also too, I just think that uh, uh, they're going to play a mature and smart enough game. They'll kind of force the Sharks hand, like, hey, we have to keep 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 these two. There are two. They're too good, uh, uh, uh you know, co- you know, compared to the rest of our, our roster to you know send them down to the you know, you're not helping them And to at a certain point, you're not helping them anymore if you send them to Barracuda because they don't need it, you know. And yeah. I don't think Eklund needs it. Learn maybe, Thrun maybe, uh, could 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 use a little time out there and be like the man out there, and that that could mm-hmm. that could be good for him, but you know, Eklund. Eklund did it. Like you said, last year, most nights, he was uh, one of the, um, uh, uh you know, better two best players, even if the offense numbers don't blow you away. Um, mm-hmm. the overall maturity in his game and both sides of the ice was there. And so, yeah, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's something definitely that he can hang his hat on.
1: And I, I think we talked about this with a lot of guys is the progression curve, right? You, you want yeah. them to focus on something that they're not great at and make it better. And that yeah. was, doesn't have a great shot and he's not very strong and mm-hmm. then he went out and got stronger got and stronger, got better yeah. and worked on a shot. Like I'm yeah. not saying he's got a, a great shot or anything cuz he's still fine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but it's better than it was. Yeah, but, it was- but
0: a lot of times right like if if you have a strong A game, you don't need to add more A game to to because if you add more A game then you're a superstar, you know. But yeah. you, you you add some B game, you add, you know, you 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 become like average or competent at things that you were bad at before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you you you've transferred yourself as a player um so no one's asking again you know going back to uh Bortolo because he's such a uh kind of a uh divisive prospect at this point like no one is asking him to win a Selkie no one is expecting that of him no one is asking him to even be William Eklund you know like Mm -hmm. Bortolo may never have that label being an honest player but he's got to be competent at least at at the defensive end he can't be a liability He's not yep. good enough. You know, like Eric Carlson is good enough offensively that Eric Carlson can't afford to be a liability sometimes because defensively, because he's so good offensively that you <laughs> take, you know, the the yes. overall impact is still like way in the positive, right? With like, with a Carlson, it is not with a, with a Borrello, at least at the NHL level. And so, but if you add those, you know, the, the B part of your game that, the, you know, if you add to that, that you're not at least hurting your team, if you know, if you're not scoring, but you're not hurting your team, then okay, then the team can carry you for a little bit until you start scoring again.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love Eklund. I, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite sharks prospects. That's my my last thing. And putting him at, you know, number two and as the, you know, projection of a second line player feels like it's going to hurt a lot of opinion or, or feels like I'm down on him. And I, and well, it's not. the I consensus
0: think, now, I think. I think though, it's what yeah, he is. So, yeah. So.
1: So, um, you've already talked about, um, your, your number one, Will Smith, mm-hmm. um, just ahead of Eckland, and how that's kind of been the consensus among scouts for right now. And that's where I've got him slotted too, is, um, after he got drafted, I think he kind of moved ahead of Eckland only for, you know, and some people might disagree, like you said, uh, this is the ultimate ceiling. I think Will Smith, where he was drafted fourth overall, the year that he's had and, and, um, just his overall skill level, I think, matches more of a first-line talent uh, rather than possibly a second-line talent, and that's kind of the, the biggest jump. Um, there's still a lot of development that needs to happen with Will Smith, and I think he's going to the right place. He's going to go to Boston College and round out his game um, like we've, we've talked about a few times. Um, to really match that number one center role, and that's what no, his no, no. expectation is. We're, we're,
0: we're a we're a, P, a BU podcast here. Okay? Oh, we're a BU I mean, podcast. We have to be, all right. Uh, I am. I am a fan of Providence
1: College. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway. Uh, RPI like for the all, win, baby. RPI. <laughs> I like all the Boston teams equally. Okay, we've got a Harvard kid. We got a Boston College kid. We got a Northeastern. You know. Uh, two kids, actually, Northeastern. <laughs> I shouldn't say kids. Two players. Um, but anyway, it, Will Smith, he's got to round out his game to really match that that number one center role. And what I worry about is that a guy like Dylan Strome, and if you remember, Dylan Strome just finally broke in this year as like a 25-year-old with Washington after his like fifth team to really be what they consider a, a number one-ish center in the NHL still a
0: limited player yeah but
1: yeah but he put up like 60 something points sure. and it was like all right I'm I'm okay enough to play in you know 18 19 minutes a night kind of thing and it took years but will or, you know Dylan Strum coming into his year put up like 130 points in the OHL and was considered like he's got the skills to be a number one center sure he just didn't have the well-roundedness to his game to really be that player and that's what I think that needs to happen with will Smith is that you know if he doesn't it turns into the situation where you're not really a number one center. If you can't play 20 minutes a night in all situations kind of thing. And I'm really hoping that's what Will Smith turns into. It's just going to take some time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's
1: yeah. not what he's shown so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, a strom Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't want strom So I mean, strom is still strom still is an offensive
1: is. player and that's yeah,
0: on a non-playoff team. I, I might add too. So, yeah.
1: So, but like, that's where I think the the trap can be is that you see somebody with the offensive skills of like a Dylan Strome that never rounded out everything. Mm-hmm. And if that's what happens to Will Smith, I think that's what Will Smith becomes is more right, of a Dylan right, Strome right, right, player right, right. rather than like your, you know, top six center mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I have a lot of faith in Will Smith. I think he's going to do very well in the NCAA next year. And it's going to be fun to watch. He's playing with Cutter Gautier. He's going to go to play for the U-20s. U- um, Play in the U20s, and it's it's going to be a fun year for him. And it's also just a probably as a whole. Before we get on to some honorable mentions, guys and guys who didn't um, didn't get into. I was thinking about this. I don't think the Sharks have had a better top five prospect pool in twenty plus years. Like uh, I think it's been since. That's A
0: good. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's think a good thing. It. I should I should dig into that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I would. Ninety-seven, I would... ninety-eight.
1: They drafted Brad Stewart. Patrick Marlowe. No, no,
0: no, they, no. They drafted Stewart a couple of years later. Stewart uh, was 98. But, uh, uh,
1: yeah, or 99? 99. Uh, I think he... Either way,
0: well, it's well, like... But <laughs> if we're using sort of the same cutoff, though, um, I think it was... I don't know. Uh, it's one of those years. But anyway, if we're using the same... like The cutoff I use is like 25 games. And so, mm-hmm. like... I wouldn't let's say like when you drop Brad Stewart, I would not count Marlowe as a prospect at that yeah. point. Marlowe had already played uh, a, a full season, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think though, maybe some, I'm, so yeah, then, that's actually really great. I actually might, we'll look into it. I think, I think I'll, I'll write about this. I'm actually very curious uh, what, uh, uh, what I, what, what I come up with sort of there or what, what, what I learned. Um, but yeah, yeah maybe uh, uh, before the 97, 98 season, you know, we have, uh, Marlow, you have hannon you just drafted, uh Sturm, uh, who was drafted a year before but made his sure. NHL debut in 97-98, so he would have been sort of probably in the Sharks top 5. Um mm-hmm. so that that might be a competitive one. Uh but yeah, no, you, you bring up a a, a interesting uh, argument that this might be the strongest top 5 uh, uh since uh, since then, but you've had like guys
1: that are you know every 5 or 6 years they hit with a, blo- a prospect or a, a player yeah uh, like Meyer or Couture or Hurdle that kind of thing right. but they never were this grouped, right like well not never but
0: not recently yeah yeah they, they just haven't been able to do that just because uh, they've you know <laughs> dropped it so late and stuff right so um uh, so yeah yeah, no, I, I definitely look into it. Of course, we had to look into it sort of like we can't just say who turned out and who who panned out and who didn't because that's not the way to evaluate it, right? But sure. sort of the, at the time, you know, because you know, Sharks fans will remember names like Jeff Gilson. You know, I remember hearing all about how great defenseman he was going to be. Um, and he would have made
1: and Mirko Mueller. Yeah, I
0: don't know if would have made you. Well, he was fell the first in rounder, a job. right? He, but he fell late though, he was. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I remember that draft year, people thought that he might be, he was one of those guys that was, like, uh, mm-hmm. preseason, like, was, was, was supposed to go higher, but then when we got to the draft, fell. He, he fell. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Mueller, right, yeah, uh, making an a, angel debut as an 18-year-old, so... So yeah, like uh, I, 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 that's actually a really interesting, uh, interesting question. Yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna we could it, all, maybe so next episode, maybe next episode. Yeah. I, we, could, <laughs> we
1: could do that next episode. Yeah. Cause you could go back through like, you know, the hockey news or, or whatever. I know. have,
0: I have the hockey news yearbooks. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and compare the off season top yeah. five from that, the, those years to now. So, yeah. Uh, be interesting. I think it might come out on top from a lot of teams or a lot of decades probably, um, but just awesome for the sharks, but. All right. Who did we not mention that you want to give a, a talk about here on the uh, on the podcast?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, these are the names that I, 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 I looked harder into. I asked people about, of course, you know, when I ask people, you know, I, I give them my top 10. I give them sort of my uh, honorable mentions or whatever. Right. And of course, if they <laughs> mentioned anybody else to me. Uh, Then then I'll take that into consideration. But uh, no one really said anything. uh, You know, I think I think this list is going to end up pretty thorough in terms of just how people are seeing the shark system right now. Um, So anyway, so some of the guys on my uh, on my list, uh, Ohotiaq and uh, Ohotiaq, uh one scout told me that uh, uh it's you know i think he likes the the the, the floor of oh, of, of ohotiak you know um he's gonna be a bottom pairing guy but a very good one and so a safe angel bet you know he's a guy that's right there and so uh so so that's that so one scout had him uh really, i think would have had him in, in a in a top in, in a top 10 uh, just just for that just for the sort of uh, um uh the the floor his security um Another guy I looked uh, asked about was uh, uh, Tristan Robbins. And uh, one scout said to me that uh, Bordlo and Robbins are were, were close to him, and uh, he actually had that's this is the scout that's had Robbins uh, Gushen and Robbins ahead of Bordelo. And uh, he said that uh, you know he wanted to see Bordlo take more of a step then than he did. Uh, but he recognizes that you know maybe he's being too reactionary, you know, a bad year. Um, so, so yeah, I, so again, I think the consensus is that Bortolo's talent is, has more talent than, uh, than, than Gushin and Robbins, but just, again, people just aren't sure, uh, whether or not he's going to, uh, uh he's going to sort of, uh, um, you know, meet expectations. Um, the other names on the list, I'm going to just kind of rattle off. Um, I don't think that they, they made sort of the discussion of the top 12 or 13, uh, Cagnoni, uh, Cardwell, Furlong, Larocque, uh, Guryev, and Makaniemi. So those are names I, I kind of dug dug into, but uh, I don't think I don't think people necessarily see them as uh, top ten uh, prospects. Oh, and one more name actually I wanted to mention. I did I did ask about because I was curious. Um, so uh, Corey Provan had had a list uh, a U twenty three under twenty three list and. Um, he mentioned at 13, uh, Rimishevsky, which I thought was really sure. interesting. You know, that was he made his top 13, and uh, Rimishevsky, um, uh, was a seventh round pick of uh, of, of uh, of this this past draft. Usually not somebody that you see vaulted into uh, top 13, especially of a of a Sharks prospect group that is a pretty decent one. You know, Promin had had them 13, so um. So I, I, I was curious about more information about Remischewski. So I just wanted to, to add that that uh, one scout that I've seen, who's seen him, um, likes him. And um, yeah, good, sales, good skills, good size, very smart uh mm-hmm. you know can't can't compete uh, uh with, with with the pro yet but has a huge upside so i think that's uh maybe that's where promen's coming from too that you know even though he was a seventh round pick and maybe he fell a bit because of the the russian stuff maybe would have gone higher sure. in a different draft um but uh yeah um the guy with some upsides so anyway I, I just mentioned him he was not close on my list uh but um somebody to uh to keep an eye on
1: yeah yeah hey, uh And also not mentioned, I guess, well, you you mentioned it briefly, but was the uh, reigning Sharks prospect of the year, uh, Ethan Cardwell. Um, I think um, out of those groups of players, you're looking for like one or two guys to make the NHL out of this, like 13 to 25 range of the Sharks prospects. And that's the, the numbers game that Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with prospects is it's a lot of them have, You know, everybody's got an upside. Everybody's got a ceiling and a a potential to reach that ceiling, but not everybody does. And -hmm. if you did, you're by far the best drafting team in the NHL with a bullet, because every one of your draft picks hits, which never happens. So uh just something to keep in mind. I think a lot of these guys I have a lot of opinions on them. And if you want to read them on the um uh on my website, half dash wallhockey.com. I got thirty plus prospects there, like we talked about, uh, little blurbs about each one of them, including um, who you mentioned? Canyoni, Robbins, Cardwell, McNeami for Long, Um, I think uh, someone's to keep an eye on uh, Laroc as he transitions from a post-injury season is going to be kind of interesting. We talked about that with Todd Marchant on uh, on the podcast. Um, how he comes back and gets up to speed is going to be really interesting because he does have some upside based on his um, you know statistical profile and the way that he plays. And he's he's a smart player as a defender overall. Um, Robbins is interesting because he's like an example of good at a, a lot of stuff, but not great at like one anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also not, you know, kind of the smaller size as well, so it's hard right. to project him because he's like average across the board um, or below and,
0: average in some places. Yeah. So his floor isn't as safe as, a, say, a Ohtiuk. So
1: yeah, yeah. So that's my why somebody like Ohtiuk, even though his he's not going to project above average and mostly anything right um that he still has like that bottom pairing upside kind of thing
0: he'll he'll (laughs) play and be mean
1: (laughs) he will play be mean and hit people and that's also why they signed someone like artem Guriev. sure at the ohl was to play be Be mean and hit people (laughs) people. um so it you know there's a lot of what I want to say about the Sharks Prospects pool is it's improved a lot in mm-hmm. 14 months since Greer took over. Um, with the benefit of multiple picks and multiple trades, mm-hmm. um, it's improved a lot. And it's also improved in the top end as well as all the way through the types of prospects. Because for a couple of years there, we only had Bordelos, Cushions, Robins, Eklunds, which are all kind of a similar vibe with prospect. Sure. Um which we kind of knew was going to happen after 2020, um, but it you know it's improved in the type of prospects they have and uh, and also the uh, top end of them as well. So very excited about this upcoming year, Shane. Um, I think uh, we will probably do throughout the year maybe prospect check-ins or you know just some updates about uh, how the prospects are doing over. Yeah,
0: the- yeah. But- I maybe uh, maybe at the uh, the post-tread that. Post trade deadline might be a good time to to, to check in yeah. on the list because obviously last year's list uh, uh, was uh, uh, transformed after the deadline after the sharks acquired you know Mumadoulan and Thrun mm-hmm. and just for fun here I want to rattle off I just pulled this up um, uh, 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 the first San Jose uh, hockey uh, hockey now uh, top ten prospects rankings this is Ooh, um, that's cool. <laughs> yeah this is uh from uh October October uh, 2021 so 2 years ago. Uh this is uh, from actually uh when uh Nick uh, uh, um, uh, I wasn't say rest in peace, but Nick is very much alive. I'm sure he's doing fine. <laughs> that's he's why. That's good. why I delayed there. Yeah, Nick's doing great. So, um, so um, anyway, um, yeah, I love you, Nick. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, um, uh, that, that, that's from uh, that uh, iteration of the podcast. But anyway, the top ten was, uh, or my top ten was uh, Jonathan Dolan, at number ten. Uh, now in the SHL, uh, Ben Gaudreau at number nine, now uh, without an angel contract. Uh, number eight, uh, Daniel Gushin, and hey. uh, he's he's held his spot or around there, even though. Uh, uh, he, he, you know, even, even though the Sharks prospect, uh, list has uh, gotten a lot deeper. Uh, number seven was uh, Ryan Merkley. And I actually got some, some flack. I got pushback from people. I was talking yeah. to like, no, Merkley should be a top five. So I was like, no, the guy can't play defense. And well, they, you know, there you go. Uh, number six, uh, a Santeri Hadica, uh, who uh, went to New Jersey in the Meyer trade and was injured last year and is looking to kind of reclaim his career, but you know, not the highest ceiling guy, obviously I think, um, He's more kind like of, your
1: for long-ish or like somewhere around that level. Of
0: yeah. Roster. Yeah. Or, or, uh, Hotiak gave this different yeah, style yeah. of play though. Not, not the same kind of player, but, <laughs> um, you know, H- H- Hadeka probably ends up being, if he does work pan out as a bottom pairing guy, uh, I had Tristan Robbins, uh, uh, number five. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I think, uh, uh Tristan's done well, but, uh, like like we mentioned, um, you know, hasn't maybe excelled in a particular area that's going to, you know, make his NHL bones. Uh, number four, uh, Artemi Knyazev, uh, who was uh, traded for uh, Leon Kavanka, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't know if, uh, if Knyazev is really going to pan out beyond again also a bottom pairing D. Uh, number three, uh, Ozzy Weisblot. and uh, Weisblot was much improved last season. Uh, in season, uh, I was hearing by you know mid-season, late in the season, oh, here's a guy that is uh, you know wasn't even AHL caliber to start the yeah. season. Uh, yeah. re- really wasn't, uh, but he was able to turn things around and get himself to be a uh, uh, kind of a uh, legitimate AHL dist- uh, disturber. And so, yeah. hopefully, you think that, he can make another leap.
1: Yeah, that's somebody that we actually didn't even mention in passing, right? Kind of, but uh, well, maybe once or twice we did, but you are know, I think you're right. By the end of the year, he kind of took on his own role. He was playing more of a junior-style offensive game or trying to play that in the beginning, and it wasn't working at all. Um, And then he started to get more pesty, more hitty, as um, Jason Demers <laughs> talked about. And I think that's where his role is going to be, is that kind of pesty player. Right,
0: right, right. And, you know, I mean... Not- you probably noticed that we didn't talk about also another guy that's, you know, maybe playing the junior game when he's uh, at a different level of hockey. So it's not working as a bread and co. So sure. yeah. Anyway, though, uh, to round out the list, I had a uh, at number two and Eklund at number one. And anyway, this is also an illustration of just how much turnover there is. Now, this is not a great charts prospects pool, not a deep one by any means, definitely mm-hmm. not as strong as this one, but Look at just how much turnover there has been here, right? Like, there's only, out of this top 10, uh, there are only, let's see, I guess maybe four guys that you hope will have high, well, actually, maybe not. Maybe just three guys, like Bor- Eklund, Bordolo, Gushin, high-end NHL careers. I don't know. Like, there's still hope for Hadika, Robbins, Knyazev, and Weisblot, but I'm not sure if people see them sure. as, like, you know potential top six or middle pairing or above defenseman i don't know uh whereas yeah so three guys that have sort of survived this sort of a, a, a attrition um so anyway uh that's uh just sort of an interesting look back and so yeah the, our list is gonna look really stupid by probably by the by the trade deadline actually so yeah yeah
1: actually very <laughs> much so and i think the the bigger or big tournament will also be the world juniors in, in right. january and in december because we've got Will Smith and b and Havlitt mm. all going to be playing there. Maybe Musty if he makes the team. Sure. Um, maybe Lund if he makes it, but we'll see. And uh, it'll be interesting uh, just by the trade deadline, who we add and, and all that. I, I, very curious to find out. But I think it's time to get out of here. We've rambled on for, for a long time. But Chang, um, where, where can uh, the people find you? start with
0: that one well the same place they can always find me at at uh, shang underscore Peng and san jose hockey now and nbc sharks
1: Perfect. Uh, I'm Keegan McNally. You can find me on half underscore hockey on Twitter or half dash hockey.com. I'm still working out the dashes and the underscores one day. <laughs> we'll figure it out.
0: But <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, go read Keegan's uh, top uh, as a top 20 and honorable oh, mentions. So he talks about 30 prospects and uh, with, you know, some, some uh, good detailed blurbs about, you know, maybe the top 10, top 20. Right. And yep. so, yeah, yeah. Ch- ch- check that out. It's good stuff.
1: Thanks guys. I uh, hope you all have a good week. We will see you next time.